Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. <laughs> Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now, your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I'm going to talk about a subject I haven't talked about in years, literally years. I have not brought up this discussion. And it's because it's really dropped off the face of the earth. But I saw an article the other day somebody sent me that it may be coming back. There's a possibility that that which drove a stake in its heart and killed the process uh, might be repealed. And that is Dodd-Frank. Dodd-Frank stopped a lot of things, killed a lot of lending possibilities, a lot of options that real estate investors had, uh, all in an attempt to protect the poor people out there that were taken advantage of because they borrowed more money than they could afford to pay. I mean, it was unscrupulous lending practices, and we all know it. People were lending money to people who could not afford it, did not have credit, had bad credit, had no money, and some of them didn't even have income, and yet they were lending them money. So we know that this all went on, and it destroyed everything. So as usual, the government has a knee-jerk reaction and, and totally goes against everything and tries to shut everything down. Hence, we had you know all the problems we had in 2007, 8, 9. You all lived through it just like I did. But what really happened that changed real estate investing uh, almost overnight uh, was something not too many people actually picked up on when it occurred, and that is the rules for owner financing. See, in the past, we used owner financing to do just about everything. It was an easy way to get around government-regulated mortgages, which are very hard. You know, you all got out there and tried to get a government-backed loan from Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, and you got to jump through this hoop and that hoop, and there's like 16 different things you have to have right on the questionnaire to get the loan, and you know it. And many of us don't mind because we have good credit and, you know, money and the whole bit. But some of you, that's just not the case. So you were squeezed out of the market forever. I got an email or a letter the other day from a guy who said that he has no credit, what can he do? In fact, I think I might even have the email here to discuss today. And the answer is there really was nothing you could do at that point or now. But back then, there was lots of things you could do. So I want to go through how powerful these old techniques were. And then I'm going to have a discussion about why they may be coming back. What could be changing that could occur, make this stuff occur again? Now, first of all, all these ideas used to be out there in all of these something for nothing, get rich overnight, uh, you know, midnight madness 
seminar, you watch these guys on TV at midnight and they had these infomercials where they're just, you know, and I just named off a few names. It was uh, Dave Dodato, Robert, uh, let's say Dave, Dave Dodato, Robert Kiyosaki, Donald Trump, uh, all had them, but I'm going way back. There was uh, Robert, there was guys even before them, way before them. Uh, I mean, there was a guy named, uh, what's his name? Chinese guy was on there for Vietnamese guys. And these guys would get up there and promise you, you could buy anything, anytime from anybody, anywhere using their techniques. Right. And so you look into these techniques and much of what they were doing was owner finance techniques that would allow you to go get mortgages from people that didn't really qualify you for a mortgage. So when I started out, I bought four houses from Fannie Mae originally, and I got them on conventional mortgages through Fannie Mae. And then at the end of that time, uh, I'd really run out of money. I didn't qualify for down payments anymore. So I had to go to different types of financing. And what I did was I found a guy that was, that was willing to sell me a house and uh, do it on owner financing with only 10% down. And I bought the house from the guy and he set up a set of payments. Now, in the past, the reason people would want to do this, and this guy in particular, it's no different, uh, is that they knew they wanted to get out of the real estate business. They didn't want to manage the tenants anymore, but they didn't want to give up that stream of cash flow. They'd gotten hooked on getting a monthly stipend every month of cash flow that came in from the real estate. So by selling the house on a note, two things occurred. Number one, they didn't have to take the immediate capital gain that came by selling it. Uh, and the recaptured depreciation, they could do that over a uh, term of the note, okay? So it would be amortized over the term of the note, and that spread that capital gain out, and they also would get monthly payments. Now, the downside of this was that monthly payments were interest and principal. The principal wasn't taxable, but the interest was taxable as ordinary income, but they didn't care because they just were used to living on a stipend payment every month, and this was a way to do it. So this guy had this idea he was going to sell, this house, one of these houses, and he sold it to me. And that was his theory. He's going to go out and sell these houses to different people and spread his risk out. But after a while, he found that other people weren't as, uh, weren't as good at paying the payments, I guess what you say. Uh, in other words, I was reliable. I paid the payment early. In fact, he got mad at me because I paid it before the month. And that messed his accounting up because he kept thinking it was last month's payment late instead of this month's payment early. And, uh, but Lo and behold, he started to, to trust me. And one day he came back to me and said, hey, um, I've got these seven or other houses, or eight other houses, I don't remember how many exactly it was. He said, you know, I, I wanted to sell them to other people, but it's just not working out. You know, they're, they're not paying their payments. So I want to sell the rest of them to you if you want to buy them. And I said, sure, I'll buy them. I said, I don't have the cash. So I went and I found a friend that was a dentist. And he was willing to put up the money, and I was going to get the loans in my name. So the debt wasn't on his name. It was in my name. Uh, and he put up the money for the deal. We bought it together. And it was interesting is that this guy was willing to lend to me because I had developed a perfect credit re report with him alone. Now, my other credit report was also perfect. Don't get me wrong. Um, I had great credit. So he saw that. But he also saw how I dealt with him, how I paid him on time. He saw that I maintained the houses. So he was happy with that. Well, after that, I realized I could go out and buy just about anything if I had two things, somebody to put up the down payment money and somebody to own or finance it for me so I didn't have to go through a mortgage company. And so the next thing I bought was five duplexes, and I had a couple people put up the down payment for me. I bought all 10 units, and uh, I got a note. It's an owner finance note on the deal, 
And so there I was, 10 more units. Now, we're sitting there, and I've got 20, 25 units, and I've only been in business just a short period of time because I've been able to buy more than one house at one time because I was buying it from old investors, people that had owned them, that had properties with tenants in them. Very hard to sell properties that have tenants in them to somebody in the outside world because the houses are not in perfect shape and they have tenants. You can't sell to somebody who wants to move in and live there. you got to sell to somebody who wants to buy the cash flow, but they don't really want to buy the cash flow when the house is in bad shape and the tenants maybe aren't that good at tenants going in there. And so they, you know, it's a, it's a more difficult thing to do. But for me, it was perfect. It was exactly what I wanted. And so I was looking for these opportunities. And lo and behold, they kept coming up for me. The next opportunity came up for me was the guy that had sold me the original houses said he wanted to sell a fourplex. So he came back to me and said, you want this fourplex? And I ended up buying this fourplex from him. Again, owner finance. And that worked out real well. And uh, we went on down the road. And then I ran into uh, another opportunity to buy. Since I bought the fourplex, I like them. I ran into another opportunity to buy three, four more fourplexes. So I got another partner, and we went and bought these fourplexes, again, on an owner finance note. Uh, so now I had like four fourplexes, three in one place, one in another, along with, you know, the houses I had, along with the duplexes I had. And things were just clicking along. And then a guy comes back to me, another guy comes up me and says, hey, I've got 15 duplexes, 30 houses. Would you like to buy these? And so I said, yeah, I'd love to buy them. It was basically a whole neighborhood. You drive in the front of the neighborhood's one circle and it had 15 duplexes on it. And I bought all 15 duplexes. And again, I was able to put that deal together because I just needed to raise some money. I got somebody to put up the money for me. In fact, it was one of my previous partners that had done the, the 10, the five duplexes with me. And he was so happy with the five duplexes, he was willing to go ahead and get into another 15 duplexes. So we put that deal together, and that worked out nicely. And then the guy who sold me the original house that started all this stuff came back to me and said, Dell, look, I've got two apartment complexes down in Texas City, down south. Lamarck, I think they were. He said, I wanted to give these to my kids. This was going to be their inheritance. They were going to inherit, each one's going to inherit an apartment complex and it would be able to retire them with these apartment complexes. So, Fidel, the apple may not fall far from the tree, but it can show, sure roll a long distance. And my kids just have no, no interest, no ability in operating this business that I'm trying to leave to them. So what I'd like to do is sell you both these apartment complexes. And again, he did it owner finance because he was creating for himself a long-term retirement income. These kinds of deals, my friends, funded the first 100 houses, 100 doors, 100 houses, 100 units that I had. And when we come back, we'll talk about how this may be coming back to your city soon. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. 
Lifestyles Unlimited is the real estate investor education and mentoring group that has been taking people by the hand and teaching them how to invest in real estate for over 28 years. Our students have been so successful at creating wealth and passive income that they have won local, state, and national investor of the year awards 12 of the last 12 years. It's easy to see why Think Realty Magazine named us the best in the U.S. If you're ready to add real estate to your portfolio, go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com to access our free live training event schedule. Dell says the things you just can't say to your friends, boss, kids, financial planner, spouse, even the cat. Need him to deliver the message for you? Don't worry. Dell's past show archives are just a mouse click away. So go to DellOnTheRadio.com and turn your speakers up for everyone to hear. Dell delivers his daily Dellisms and liberating unconventional wisdom 24 hours a day at DellOnTheRadio.com. Did you know that every dollar you invest in real estate makes you money five ways? Cash flow, money in your pocket each month, equity capture, the thousands of dollars you create when you have the right team and buy the right property using the right map. Appreciation, real estate can increase in value over time. Equity buildup, renters pay down your mortgage each month. And finally, the tax advantage. When done correctly, real estate investors pay no taxes on our cash flow and capital gains. At Lifestyles Unlimited, these are the five ways we make money in real estate, which is why real estate accounts for more millionaires in the world today than any other investment vehicle. You should have some real estate in your portfolio. To learn how to attend a Lifestyles Unlimited free workshop, call 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com and register for the next available workshop. That's 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're discussing real estate notes and how they used to be used in the business and how they may come back in the future uh, due to the fact that the actual uh, law that killed them was Dodd-Frank. And what Dodd-Frank did was it said that if you're going to sell more than one mortgage or more than three notes in a year, you have to become a professional mortgage company or you've got to go hire a professional mortgage company to do it for you. And basically what that did was that brought the notes then under the rule, right, under the rules of uh, conventional lending, which killed owner finance notes. The beauty of an owner finance notes, the guy could do whatever he wanted to do. He could charge, if the guy had weak credit, he could charge more interest. You know, if he, if he wanted the guy to put less down, he could charge more interest. If he's willing to put, make the guy put a large amount down, he could, he could do whatever he wanted to because it was his note and his protection was the asset, the piece of real estate. But now they were saying, no, if you do more than three of these, you have to go and get yourself a company to do it and make it a conventional note. So it just killed it. Now, here's the other thing we used to use notes for that worked quite well in the business back in the beginning uh, when I started was we used to sell notes. Now, what does that mean? 
let's say I wanted to buy a piece of real estate from a guy who didn't want to own or finance for me, right? And I wanted to buy the property. I could go out and put an owner finance note, have that guy, I'll sign a note over to him saying I owe him X amount. And I could raise the interest rate above whatever market interest rate was so that the note was a preferable, preferable to own note. In other words, it was a better than market note. Then we take the note to a note buyer. And we had lots of these people back then. We had one that did a lot of it back then. Uh, I think it's um, Baker Mortgage used to do it. A lot of it. I don't know if they do it anymore, but they did a lot back then. And Kathy Baker was a nice lady. And, you know, you take it to her and she'd tell you what it's worth. And she'd buy the note. And so the seller would get what they want, which is cash. Uh, you'd get what you want, which is to own the property. And you'd have a note you're paying to Baker. Or she would turn around and sell it to somebody else, uh, sell the note to somebody else for profit. And so you were paying somebody on a mortgage. You didn't really care who you're paying. You're just making payments according to what the note was. So it was put us in situations where we could buy properties that really could never have gotten financed at all. I mean, there were certain small apartment complexes we bought back then that banks wouldn't touch. They were just, you know, they're old, dilapidated. Uh, nobody wanted to lend on them. But we'd get the seller to put a note together for us and we'd buy the property. And sometimes it was even possible to get the note to be so large that there was no down payment. We didn't have to come up down payment. The note would cover the entire purchase of the property. And uh, then we'd sell the note off at a discount. He'd get his share, which is whatever, you know, the seller share was. And we'd get the property with nothing out of pocket. So all of this stuff worked very well for a period of time. And then Dodd-Frank. When they closed Dodd-Frank or made it a law, uh, they changed all that. Changed a lot of stuff. Now, other things occurred, like here in Texas. They really got upset about these guys like Dave Dodato, Robert Allen, Jeff McCone, Tommy Vu, the Milans, Ron LeGrand, Carlton Sheets, Robert Kiyosaki. Every single one of those something-for-nothing gurus used to be on the airwaves all the time here, selling these something-for-nothing, get-rich-quick scheme-type ideas. And a lot of the stuff that they used to talk about was these owner finance notes. And then they came up with something even crazier, which is called a wraparound mortgage. So you got a guy that's got a house, right? He wants to, he wants to sell his house. But his mortgage is higher than what his, um, than what the property's worth even. So there's no way to get out of it. If he sells the house, he can't pay off the mortgage. So what do you do? Well, there's two ways we used to handle that. One way was we would just assume the mortgage if the mortgage was assumable. Then they stopped making assumable mortgages. And then we started buying them subject to, which means if we have to, we'll assume the mortgage. If they won't let us assume it, we'll pay it off. So we're buying this subject to a payment that's already in place, a debt, a lien that's already in place, and we know it's there, and we accept that it's there. We'll give you some money, and you go away, and we'll take over the property and just make the payments. Now, if they'd ever called the note on us, we'd have the money because we're professional investors. We'd have enough money to be able to pay that note off if they called it and go get other financing some way, shape, or form. Well, this something for nothing idea worked well for people who didn't have any money either. <laughs> so a lot of people started buying property subject to. And of course, when the note got called, they couldn't pay it off. They'd lose the property, which would do two things. It would ruin their credit. But even worse, it would ruin the credit of the guy who bought the house in the first place who thought that he had gotten this problem off of his plate. But it really wasn't off of his plate. It was really his credit that was at risk. And when this guy didn't make the payments, boom. Now, they started doing crazy stuff from that. So once they knew that they could get away with that and they'd just do a subject to and they wouldn't even put their name on the documents in any way, shape, or form and just take over the guy's payments, they'd turn around and sell it to somebody else subject to and take a profit and leave the guy who bought it upside down on the property. Um, 
just basically stealing money from people is what they're basically doing. But their name was never on the documents, just because sort of a pass-through type situation. Um, then they did something called a wraparound mortgage, where they'd say, okay, you got a mortgage on the house for $50,000. I need debt of $70,000. So what I'll do is uh, I'll take back a note for $70,000, and I'll take and pay the $50,000 debt. So there's a $20,000 difference in there. So we have this wraparound mortgage that covers both mortgages. And I owe it to you, the $70,000. I'll pay you the note on the 70. You take the money from the 70 and pay the 50. And we'll go on down the road until these pay, these notes pay off. So they started doing that. You know, and people started losing money. People got ripped off, both the, the buyers, the sellers, the, the note holders. Everybody started taking advantage of everybody else. And it got to be really nasty, dirty business. Um, then they started this thing and this got to be another biggie was, uh, owner finance notes. So I'll buy you this house and I'll, I'll buy this house and I'll turn around and sell it to you, the tenant on either a lease purchase agreement or a contract for deed. Now on a lease purchase agreement, what it basically said is you're a tenant until you elect to be a buyer. Once you elect to be a buyer, some portion, either zero or some other amount up to some point would be, uh, considered your down payment monies that had been paid in from your security deposit and or your rents would be considered your down payment. And then you would just go ahead and get a note for the difference. Either go to the bank, get a note, or maybe I would order finance the note for you, uh, that type of a deal. And a lot of that stuff got done. But the problem with that is, is that the people buying the homes actually thought they owned the homes, but they didn't. They were still just tenants. And so whenever the landlord wanted to get rid of them, he'd just get rid of them and all that would go away. Or what would happen is <clears throat> the landlord might lose the house in foreclosure for not making the payments. And the people had been paying on it for years thinking they were going to buy it, ended up with no house. It was gone. Uh, that's a lease purchase agreement. And the next thing was called a contract for deed, where you would literally sign a contract, say, if I pay you 120 payments, whatever, 10 years, 12 payments a year for 30 years, whatever that'd be, 360, I'll pay you 360 payments of $700. And at the end of that time, I own this house. And again, people would pay and find out somewhere down the line that they didn't own the house. The guy had gone and got a big debt against the house. And what they were buying wasn't really theirs. And they never really had any claim to it in the first place. And voila, they lost all their money. So Texas decided to change the laws. And when we come back, I'll explain to you what that law change was because it's something that most of you don't even know. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. To the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life changing principles in just a few minutes. Get total freedom in your life safely and quickly. Build wealth and passive income so you never worry about working until you drop, losing your job, or retiring in poverty. Over 25 years ago, Dell Walmsley founded Lifestyles Unlimited. Dell has taught over 100,000 people, just like me and you, the principles of financial freedom through his national radio shows and personal one on one mentoring at Lifestyles Unlimited. I'm excited to tell you about the real estate workshop that has changed so many lives. This workshop takes you inside what we do and what we believe. We'll share with you the 
five ways we make money in real estate and much more. Just like your personal trainer, the Lifestyles Unlimited team will motivate, encourage, and teach you so you can get in the best financial shape of your life. Call 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com. That's lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com to register for the workshop that will change your life. That's lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com. You have to decide, am I willing to get in right now? Is the world over? Is the good world over? Is it going to crash? Missed your chance to ask Dell a question during the show? You can connect with Dell off the air, too. Go to DellOnTheRadio.com, click on the Twitter link, and ask your question. Hashtag AskDell. I believe that a good teacher has the skill set to be able to bring people through multiple levels of learning that are completely different from one another. Have a comment for Dell instead? Use hashtag TellDell. We know you're out there, hiding in plain sight, living a life of quiet desperation, wondering if you're going to beat your money to the grave. There's a better way, a better life at Lifestyles Unlimited. It's time to live the life you deserve. You can only do that by creating passive income. Let us show you how. It's just two hours. It can't be worse than another meeting about meetings or another mindless night in front of the TV. Go to LifestylesUnlimitedAustin.com. That's LifestylesUnlimitedAustin.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we've been talking about whatever happened to owner finance notes, seller finance notes, and so forth, and all the different types of tricks and techniques that were used by the get-rich-something-for-nothing gurus back in the day to teach you guys how to buy real estate, even if you had no credit, bad credit, no money, whatever. And you know, I used to always say to people, Dell, do these techniques work? And I'd go, yes, then why don't you teach them? i go, because they don't work for everybody. In fact, the people that would use the techniques were usually the ones that shouldn't use them. For example, if I bought something, a wraparound mortgage or subject to lien or something, and something went wrong, I would have the finances, the money to be able to get myself out of that deal uh, and come out okay. But the people that were doing the deals were people who had no money at all. That's why they were doing them. And so when something or anything went wrong, they didn't have the money to fix the house. They would just let it go back and ruin some poor person's credit somewhere down the line. So I was talking about here in Texas how these things got so bad with the subject twos, the wraparounds, the contract for deeds, and the owner finance uh, notes were being abused and very abusive on the people that were actually getting the notes, not the ones selling them, but the people buying the properties on these bogus notes that they changed the laws. And what's interesting is, is they change them in a way that most people don't even realize. For example, nowadays, if you have a contract for deed or a lease purchase agreement, before the buyer didn't own the home, they simply had a promise that someday in the future you would sell them the home. 
<laughs> Whereas with a conventional note, the buyer actually owns the home and there's a lien against the home. So what the law did was it said, okay, if you're going to play these games and do these different kinds of deals with the, you know, the contract for deed and the lease purchase agreements, then you are going to have to agree that the buyer owns the home from day one and you no longer can evict them out of the home for simply not making a payment. You now have to foreclose on them as if what your lien is, is a mortgage. So they turned it into like a conventional lien. Well, people didn't want to do that. That was not the idea was that was simply that people were supposed to default on these things and the seller would get the property back and do it two, two or three times, get a large down payment out of somebody two or three different times in a row. And, you know, and just keep selling it until somebody finally, you know, paid them off. But this was going to stop that. Well, the side deal that came about because of this, which I don't think very many people know this. Well, I'll, I'll qualify that. The people in the apartment industry that are trained by apartment associations know this because it's in their lease. Real estate agents should know this because it's in their lease. And they should know it just for common sense of being able to do the job. But what most people don't know is if you have a lease with somebody for longer than two years, that person now has ownership interest in your house and you can't evict them. You now have to foreclose on them. Now, listen to what I'm saying very carefully. I'm not saying they can only live there two years. I'm saying they can only be on the same lease for two years. So if you go and get that tenant to sign a new lease every year, or at least once every two years, that tenant is signing a document saying, I do not own this home. I am leasing this home from you. And this signing of document proves that I acknowledge that I'm leasing this home. Now, if you just let them live there and make payments, you're letting them act like they live there, like they own it. And so you're not forcing them to sign a lease. You're saying, well, maybe you're not leasing from me. Maybe you're buying this from me. Maybe you own it. And so what we used to do in the old days was most of our tenants would stay 10 years or longer. And we just let them sign one lease and we'd never go see them again. And in the lease, it would say, if you want to raise the rent, you just give them a 30-day notice. So we'd send you a 30-day notice for raising the rent. <laughs> and so we never really signed an additional document. Some people that were really stupid in the business would try to get out of needing to sign additional leases, we'll sign two, three, four-year leases with people thinking, well, I won't have to deal with that again for four years. But the reality is all they've really done was they eliminated the possibility for them to raise the rent. And tenants would like to sign long leases because they would know that if they want to leave, they're just going to leave anyway. It doesn't matter how long the lease is, but they've got this guaranteed income or rent rate for four years. So a lot of people signed long-term leases. Now, I know that I'm speaking to thousands, if not tens of thousands of you real estate owners right now in Texas that don't know this. And you've had leases with people that have been there for two, three, four, five years, and you're still on the same piece of paper. You have never signed a new lease. And so these people, in essence, have ownership interest in your home. If they wanted to take you to court, they could keep you from evicting them. If they had an attorney that's smart enough in real estate to know what's going on. Now, how do you get out of this? What every single one of you need to do is go to your tenant right now and say, my insurance company has just told me I cannot maintain insurance unless I have a new lease every year from my tenant. So I need a new lease from you right now. Well, I don't want to sign a new lease. Go, why not? Well, I don't know if I'm going to be here that much longer. Say, look, you tell me how long you want to be. You want to be here a month, two months, three months. I don't give a crap. Sign the lease for that period of time. Now, what you're doing is getting them to sign a new lease saying that they're tenants, they're not owners. So it doesn't matter how long they, they sign it for. 
because all you care about is that you've got a new lease. You need to get everybody you have not signed a lease with for over two years to sign a lease. New one. Now, I know you're sitting out there going, this is crazy. This can't be. No, it's been in effect for years now. How do I know it's fact? Besides, I'm not an attorney. How do I know it's a fact? Because the Houston Apartment Association deems it to be true. And their leases are only good for two years. And then they expire. And cannot be renewed with the same piece of paper. It has to be a new paper. The part, the uh, Realtors Association. Houston Association of Realtors. Their lease is only good for two years. And then it has to be renewed. Or it dissolves. So you understand. It's out there. But because you don't know it, sticking your head in the sand, you don't think it matters. But someday, somewhere, it's going to matter. Somebody's going to get smart to you. And they're going to burn you because you're too lazy to go sign a new lease. Why do landlords not want to sign new leases? Greed or laziness. One, they're afraid if they go over and talk to the tenant, the tenant's going to say, well, you know what? I think I'm just going to leave. I've been thinking about moving anyway. Now you want to make me sign a new lease. I'm just going to go ahead and go. So they're greedy. They don't want to lose the tenant. Uh, Second reason is they might go over there and the tenant might say, you know what? I've been living here for a while. You haven't fixed this. I need these things fixed before I'll sign a new lease. And the landlord doesn't want to fix those things. And so he doesn't want to go over and talk to the tenant. Right? And, uh, the tenant doesn't want to talk to the landlord about signing the lease because he's afraid there's going to be a rent increase. So what they have is, I call it the secret black handshake. You know, black is in dark of night. And this dark of night handshake, the secret agreement that they have is, you don't bother me, I won't bother you. Don't come around asking for rent increases, and I won't come knocking on your door for new carpet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so they end up living in this just really oblivious world to the facts and the laws that are surrounding them and the way the world really works. A landlord should be increasing his rent every year. Every single year since I've been in the business, rents have gone up some amount. <laughs> Why should they go up every year? Just be logical. Go to your tenant and say, look, I got, he's going to go, are you going to raise my rent? And if you know rents have gone up $100 a door, your answer's got to be, yeah, rents are up everywhere. Costs are up. Now, if you go out and you see that there's no rent increases in your neighborhood, what are you going to say to your tenant? Say, no, I don't really intend to raise your rent. However, I do have to look at my costs. And let me get back to you and I'll see what my costs are. And then you call them back up and say, you know what? My taxes went up, you know, $20 a month. And my insurance went up 5 bucks a month. So I'm going to raise your rent 25 bucks a month. And they're not going to leave for 25 bucks a month. But what you've done is you've trained them to realize that every year there's going to be a cost of living increase. <clears throat> they just need to be prepared for it. And you, on the other hand, need to understand that once you give a tenant your house, everything they destroy is theirs to repair, not you. Now, if stuff wears out, that is you, and you should want to repair it. It's your stuff. You own it. You should want it to work. But if it's something that they wore or tore or broke, they pay. So you should want to go see, right? And have them pay for the stuff they broke or tore up or wore out. Or if you don't have them pay for it, at least have them sign the new lease saying that I understand that I destroyed that. And then I'm going to be responsible for it or not be responsible for it. But the whole point is you don't want to go talk to your t- tenant. You don't want to talk to your customer because of either greed or laziness. And that's what happens. Greed and laziness is what takes most landlords down in this business. So keep in mind what I talked to you about with Dodd-Frank maybe going away, 
and all this crazy stuff might come back again. We're going to take a short break. Our number here is 877-711-5211. If you'd like to call in with a question, I'd be happy to answer for you. And when we come back, we'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell will be right back with more life-changing principles in just a few minutes. Did you know that every dollar you invest in real estate makes you money five ways? Cash flow, money in your pocket each month, equity capture, the thousands of dollars you create when you have the right team and buy the right property using the right map. Appreciation, real estate can increase in value over time. Equity buildup, renters pay down your mortgage each month. And finally, the tax advantage. When done correctly, real estate investors pay no taxes on our cash flow and capital gains. At Lifestyles Unlimited, these are the five ways we make money in real estate, which is why real estate accounts for more millionaires in the world today than any other investment vehicle. You should have some real estate in your portfolio. To learn how to attend a Lifestyles Unlimited free workshop, call 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com and register for the next available workshop. That's 866-971-8970 or go to lifestylesunlimitedaustin.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Dell says the things you just can't say to your friends, boss, kids, financial planner, spouse, even the cat. Need him to deliver the message for you? Don't worry. Dell's past show archives are just a mouse click away. So go to DellOnTheRadio.com and turn your speakers up for everyone to hear. Dell delivers his daily Dellisms and liberating unconventional wisdom 24 hours a day at DellOnTheRadio.com. What would happen if you didn't show up for work tomorrow? For the next couple of days? For a week? A couple of months? A year? How long until you lose everything you've worked for in a fraction of the time it took to earn it? If this fear keeps you up at night, it's time to learn the strategies we teach at Lifestyles Unlimited. Start with the free workshop. Go to LifestylesUnlimitedAustin.com and find your true financial peace, like so many of our members already have. That's LifestylesUnlimitedAustin.com. Austin's Talk 1370. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the last segment of the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Um, phone lines are open here now. We do have a caller holding. I'm going to get on in a second. Our number here is 877 877- 711-5211 if you'd like to call up. So let's go ahead and uh, get Tish here from uh, Georgia on the line. Tish, how can we help you today? Hi, Dale. Um, uh, I attended your workshop uh, last week here in Atlanta. I wanted to say thank you again for that. Um, and also, uh, today's program is just fantastic. Um, it, it, it 
sort of plays out all of the gymnastics uh, that that newcomers like me. I'm 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 not even uh, old enough to be called a newcomer yet. I haven't bought any properties yet, uh, but I'm I'm hoping to learn a lot in the two day coming up. But the kind of things that you've been describing today are just wonderful insider info that that are very enlightening and very helpful. And I wanted to know if the two-day um, will be sort of going into to this type of uh, background uh, uh, potentials, if you will, some of the hazards, uh, if you will. Um, I don't know yet if I'll be investing in single-family or in multifamily. Uh, I have... Uh, uh, what I'm sure is a limited amount of funds, but uh, either way, this type of thing is what uh, gives me great pause uh, to know that there are so many uh, potential uh, shysters or whatever. I don't mean the lifestyles people, but it's, <laughs> yeah, I know, you know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, I understand uh, totally what you're saying, and they're out there too. That's the scary part about it. Yes, undoubtedly, and uh, of course, Dodd Frank is uh, well known, but but. You know the the full uh, ramifications of it certainly weren't known to me, and I, and I'm you know it's amazing to think of how uh, you know to what lengths some people would go, like sell, reselling a house several times, and each buyer thinking they own it or whatever, uh, you know, uh, at the same time, and uh, those types of things. So anyway, but uh, thank you very much for this this type of information. Well, let me share with you, Tish, uh, your answer to your question. <clears throat> and you may not enjoy the answer, but it's really what I had to do. When I first started teaching the seminar, it was like a 15-week uh, seminar. And we started out with, you know, 100 people in the class and end up with two. <laughs> Nobody could laugh. They go, my gosh, this is too much information. So what we did need to do was cut it down to the stuff that was necessary for you to get out by the end of those two days and go sure. do some real estate. So here's what I've done. The seminar is about what you should do. Not like today where I'm spending time telling you all the stuff you shouldn't do. If that makes sense, I want you to yes. know what to do instead of getting scared hearing about all the stuff you shouldn't do. Because the stuff you shouldn't do, you won't have to worry about if you just follow what we tell you to do. So there's a little funny thing they're going to ask you to do. In the back of the book, go to the back page, and we always have everybody write this in in their own handwriting and sign it. It says, I will not do what Dell says to do. Now, why are we doing that? Because what we're saying to you is, Within these two days, this 16 hours information, if you did exactly what we told you, you will go out and 99.999% of the time have a very successful transaction uh, that you do or multiple transactions that you take on. Um, but if you ever have a mistake or a problem, it will. we can go back to the book, the very book that you took the class from and go, Look on that page right there. You see, we talked about that. And then you go, oh, you're right, I forgot. Or you might have said, well, I remember when you said that, but it just didn't seem like it was that important. You know what I mean? Because, you know, some stuff you say, well, you say it to us, but is it really that important that we do it exactly that way? And the answer is most of the times, yes, you should do it exactly the way we tell you to do it. For example, screening tenants. If you don't do it the way we tell you, it could lead to problems with bad tenants uh, all the time. If you don't buy insurance the way we tell you to buy insurance, it could lead to uninsured situations where you lose money. Uh, if yeah. you don't have uh, the right kind of title insurance, you could buy something you don't really own. Like these, we're talking about these people who don't really own this stuff. So all mm -hmm. those things that you need will be covered, Tish, I guarantee you. Well, that sounds good, and it does make sense. In a, in a similar fashion, I always tell people when they're giving me directions 
to to wherever. I, I'll tell them, don't tell me where not to turn. I don't need to know where not to turn. <laughs> I've and, never heard uh, that one. That's a good same, one. For the same outcome that you're describing. But I guess I guess my comment today, though, does center around the, the fact that what frightens me more than anything is the business deals. I don't know how to make the business deals and how to... And and I I realize what you're telling me, and you 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 uh, or or I hope I've expressed that I thoroughly see the wisdom, and I agree with it wholeheartedly. And at the same time, as I proceed through your program, and hopefully through uh, working with your your people and whatnot, it's the it's it's at the time to sign on the dotted lines. uh, You know what I'm saying that um, uh, I hope someone is holding my hand and looking over my shoulder really well. <laughs> well, I can stay close to us, okay? We'll be right next to you if you let us. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I'm uh, enjoying uh, everything that I'm learning. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thanks for being with us, and thanks for coming on the line. For the rest of you out there, uh, you, have, uh, you have to understand this. We realize that you're scared to death in some of these transactions. Not all of you, but some of you are. And that's why the program was designed the way it is. Uh, you can have information or you can buy hands-on service. You can buy either one in our program, whichever you prefer to have. You want somebody to stand there, hold your hand the whole way? Some people have to have that. Some people despise that. So you got to pick the way you want to be taught. Now, as I get out of here today, I just want to remind you of one thing that's happening right now. I was going to do a whole segment on this, but didn't have the time. So I want you to realize that the mortgages are becoming so large, the price of these houses, the median price of homes is becoming so high that the mortgage payments are not affordable by the average or median number of people out there. What does that mean? The rental real estate business is going nowhere but up. So get on board this roller coaster. We're about to take off. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. Information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.